smiles all over this. Somebody just magnify the Lord just for a moment. You can take the time. Why don't we just give God all the honor and all the glory? He's here in this room right now. Somebody go ahead. Would you lift your voice in this room? Absolutely anything is possible because Jesus is here right now. Jesus is here right now. Jesus, so strong in this room, so real in this room. If you feel that, why don't you say amen? I'm so glad to be here uh, one more time in the presence of the Lord. And uh, it really is a privilege, you know, to get together, be able to just be with the body of Christ. I feel like COVID gave us an opportunity to realize that, not take that for granted. And you get together in the house of the Lord. You know, sometimes you don't feel like worshiping. Sometimes you don't feel like clapping. You don't feel like shouting. You don't feel like lifting your hands. But when a brother gets up here and starts singing the song they did a moment ago with such great anointing as they did, and you just can't help but magnify the Lord. You just realize, because I've got breath in my body, and the Bible said, let everything that have breath praise ye the Lord. So we've got a mandate to magnify and to praise the Lord, and I'm glad to be here in the presence of God. As you remain standing, I want to ask you if you would open your Bibles to Proverbs 18:21 and uh, Proverbs 18:21 and Mark 11 and verse 23. And I have said this before, and I will say it again. That is that when Jesus is in the room, absolutely anything is possible. I'm going to say it again so you all can believe it. When Jesus is in the room, absolutely anything is possible. And so I know he's here right now, and I know that God is indeed going to do the miraculous. As you're looking for the scripture, uh, I want to take a moment, and I really want to honor the, the worship team and the music team. They're all gone now, but I want to honor them and Brother Hargis. Is that right? Uh, I really, I mean... There's few people that make me feel like I can sing, and I cannot sing. And I'm not going to start singing, or else all you start walking out, running out probably at once. Um, but uh, Brother Hargis is one of those people, you know, you just get there and you just feel like you can sing. Is that anybody out there? You know, you kind of step away from your family a little bit so they don't hear you, and you just kind of belt it out. That's how I felt a moment ago. And, be able to feel the presence of God the way we have. What an amazing testimony to their walk with God collectively and individually as well. And so I, I honor them, and I'm so grateful for them. I also want to honor uh, Bishop Bernard and his family and the foundation legacy you all have here at this church. In the 30 years, you'll be celebrating. Amen. What an amazing uh, testimony. And I also want to honor your great pastor and his wife and their family. Let's give the Lord a round of applause for them. What, what great people you have here before you. And I always make a point of doing that on purpose because I, I want any visitors to know 
just in case you're wondering, are we in good hands? Is this a good church? What kind of leadership is there? Are they going to love us? Or what, what is the, the deal going to be? I want you to hear the response of the church that obviously attests to the fact that there are great people of God, that God has established here in this city for the revival that is here. So I honor them and, and uh, with Zach Kleindens and his wife as well. Last time I was here, uh, you know, they, they had just... They were just about to move here, I think a week or two after I had left, and so I just missed them. But I know you all have been blessed by their ministry and their help, their servitude here in this church, and I'm grateful uh, for them. And I also want to honor, I got a special guest with me, as my wife's uncle, and, and, uh, and I'm very grateful. And I call him Uncle Andy or Uncle Andrew, and so I appreciate him very, very much. He lives, last time I did not know this, and I am ashamed that I preached here, and he was 13 minutes away, and so I didn't say anything, right? You know, I repented since then. I didn't even realize, but this time we connected, and he said, man, I got to go to church. I just want to feel the move of God, and so why don't you give him a round of applause just for being here today. I'm so glad you could be here, and I also want to honor my wife and my two boys that I love very much. Uh, she has let me know already that uh, I cannot be coming back to Austin without her anymore. So in October, I don't know, we'll work something out. And even if uh, we'll put her on the train or something. No, I'm just kidding. I'm joking. But I'm, uh, I'm grateful for them, and I love them very, very much. Proverbs 18, 21, the Bible says that death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. I'm going to say it one more time so everybody can can hear it and get it into your spirit. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. Mark eleven twenty three. For verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Why don't you put your Bibles to one side and let's lift up our hands all over this place. And would you lift your voice with me, church? And why don't we pray all over this place? Jesus, we thank you for the privilege to be in this house right now. I pray that you would anoint my mind and loose my tongue to speak your word here today. We give you all the honor and all the glory for what you've already done and for what you're about to do in this place. We love you and we magnify you. I loose the gift of faith in this atmosphere and I thank you for every miracle that you're about to do here this morning. In the name of Jesus, why don't you clap your hands and magnify the Lord. The Bible said to clap your hands, all you people, and to shout unto God with the voice of triumph. So everybody all together, why don't you clap your hands and why don't you shout unto God? And if you don't feel like it, that's the best time to do it. When you don't feel like shouting, that's the best time to shout. When you don't feel like clapping, that's the best time in the middle of the valley to magnify the name that is above every name. So with your hands together and with your voice unto God, why do you magnify the name that is above every name? Amen, amen. Turn to your neighbor and tell them the power of the tongue. 
the power of the tongue. Turn to somebody else around you, shake their hand, tell them you're glad to see them, and after that, you may be seated. I know that God this morning is going to cause those things which are dead, those things which you thought no longer had life, whether that be a vision, a dream, whether that be sickness causing death in your body, that God is indeed going to reverse that. And God is going to bring life where death has entered, where death has tried to have its grip and hold on to you, God is indeed going to loose the grip of the enemy today. If you believe that, why don't you clap your hands this morning? I was in St. Louis two weeks ago, and I'll get into the message here in a moment, but I remember a blind lady coming up to the front, and the church began to pray, and as they began to lay hands, I noticed they did something that wasn't normal in our normal prayers. They laid hands on her, but they did not quit praying until they felt something happen. There is a difference when you pray and believe for a moment, and when you pray and persevere in faith, and continue in faith, and walk with God in faith in that moment, beyond what anybody thinks about you. And when I uh, talked to the pastor about two days after the revival was over, there in St. Louis, he texted me. He said, man, that lady that was blind, she went into the hospital and they were going to proceed to take the eyeball out of her eye because the nerves around it had all died. And they said it was dangerous for her to keep that eye in the socket. And so when they begin to run the test on her there in the doctor's office, the doctor looked at her after the results came back and said, I don't know what's going on, but the nerves that were dead are now alive. And the nerves uh, that are no longer that we're not connected are literally growing back in your eyeball. That was just two weeks ago. I'm telling you today that God is going to bring back to life what was once dead. God is going to bring back to life the things you thought no longer had breath, the things you thought no longer could be. God is going to do what only God can do. So there are principles in the Word of God that I believe and I know that we all live by, strive to live by. Your pastor mentioned as he was praying, he said, why don't you speak the promises of God? Those are attached to principles in the word of God. There's a principle, and I'm not going to preach about tithes and offerings, so don't everybody run out at once, all right? But there is a principle widely known that says, give and it shall be given unto you. How many of y'all know that one? How many of y'all been blessed by that principle before? Amen. My father pastors a church in Los Angeles, and there's people that would come into the church on the weekday. They would never come to church, but they would come in on the weekday, the business owners, and they would literally hand him an envelope or a check, and they'd say, well, we may not come to your church, but we understand that if we give, it shall be given unto us. If we bless the kingdom of God, that our business will be blessed, our endeavors financially will be blessed. Now, that don't mean that they're going to make heaven their home, but it does mean that they understand the principle in the word of God and they indeed were blessed by it and so I want to highlight the principle concerning the power of the tongue turn to your neighbor and say the power of the tongue now on a bad day when you get a negative report you don't call the negative Nancy right of the church 
You don't call, you know, that person that's going to give you the bad report and say, well, along with all the things going wrong in your life that you just told me, I just want to let you know that we're going to have a storm like we once did here in Austin, not to what is a year, two years ago that shut everything down. A, a snowstorm is going to hit. They might tell you the worst news that you would possibly ever hear just because that's the way that they think about things. You don't call that person for a positive report when you're having a bad day. You call the person that's always having having a good day, even on a bad day. You call somebody and say, hey, I need some encouraging. I need some love. I need some help. You might, your, your pastor's wife, she's bubbly. She's always positive, always having a good day. You'll probably never find her without a smile, right? And you might call her and say, hey, Sister Shaw, I need some love, encouragement. And I guarantee you, she'll tell you God is good. God's on the throne. Everything's going to be all right. That's a, someone who's speaking life into a negative situation. And so we strive as people of God to live by that principle, to walk by that principle, so that we then can eventually see the will of God come to pass in our life. It's not always easy to speak what you don't feel, right? To act different than the way that you do feel. It's not always easy to, to begin to speak contrary to what's going on around your life. Second Kings chapter 4, there's a Shunammite woman. The Bible says that the prophet would come her way and he'd eat bread. And story goes on that she finally convinced her husband to build a room or a, a room there in, her, in their house and put a bed and a candle and a table and so on. And they would take care of the man of God when he would come by their, their house into their village, their town. And so uh, eventually the prophet said to her, well, what can we do for you? What is it that you need? Would you have me speak unto the king or would you, well, what is it you want me to do? And she said, you know, I'm, I'm a simple woman. I, I don't really, you know, have need, but I don't have a child. And so he, she said, all right, uh, or the prophet said, all right, uh, you're going to bear a child. About this time next year, you will have a child. She said, you know, my husband's old and, you know, it's, it's not really just, it's a miracle if we have a child. And so I'm paraphrasing a little bit, but he goes on and says, don't don't worry, you're going to have a child. The story goes on that eventually they do have that miracle child. And the miracle child is in the field one day with the father, and he's working, you know, the field. And all of a sudden, the Bible says that the boy falls sick. And when he falls sick, the father tells the servants, tells him, look, take him back to his, his mother. And uh, I want you to go ahead and take him back. And he lays there on his mother's lap, the Bible says, and this promise child that literally by faith was brought into this world dies. Now that really doesn't make a whole lot of sense. That really is a, a twist in the story to the plot of this particular scenario and this real life story that occurred. And you think about this moment as a, a parent. And I've got two boys, and I'm so glad I've got two boys. I love them very, very much. And, you know, it really doesn't make a whole lot of sense for a parent to bury your child. Right? That's just out of order. It's out of line. It, it's not the norm for a parent to bury their own children. Here this mother is that never even asked for a child, but just let the prophet know, hey, I don't have a child. And the prophet said, I'll do it. And she said, you know, I, you know, she was kind of against it in the beginning, but nonetheless, through faith, she had the child. And now this promised child dies in her lap. He's lifeless, breathless, got no beat in his heart. And this woman should have been devastated. 
You go on and read the story and you realize she should have been devastated. She should have been crying her eyes out till there was no more tears left. She should have been absolutely in every way devastated about the current situation that she was in. And as she's there, she looks to her husband. She puts the boy in the prophet's room. And when this boy who's lifeless, she walks out and goes to her husband and says, Hey, get me a servant and get me a donkey. I'm going to go see the prophet today. And he looks at her, and he's like, hey, you know, 2022 uh, version, you know, hey, hey, woman. No, I'm just kidding. I'm joking. All the ladies are like, whoa, 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 hold on. That was more like 1950. And he said, you know, it's not really according to the time to go see the, the prophet today. It's not the, you know, the Sabbath. It's, it's, it's not a holy day in which we normally go. Well, why are you going to go bother the man of God, you know? And I'm paraphrasing a little bit, but, you know, she goes on, and, and she looks at this, this husband of hers, and filled with faith. She should have been filled with fear, but rather she was filled with faith, and she really wasn't responding in the normal human way that she should have been responding as a mother that just lost her child, and she looks at her husband, and in the face of calamity and all the things going wrong in her life, and really with no hope left around them, the boy was already dead. She looks at her husband, and she says, hold on, it shall be well. Now that really makes no sense at all. Why? Because this woman should have been devastated. Her life was taken from her very son that she carried in the womb for nine months and gave birth to. She literally went through the labor pains of that time. I'm telling you, she, she was there with that child. and The child gave up his last breath on her lap and she looked at her husband and in the face of all the darkness going on in her life, she speaks contrary to what she feels and she says it shall be well I don't think she knew how I don't think she knew when I don't know if she even understood why but she began to prophesy into the atmosphere everything is going to be alright it doesn't look like it right now it doesn't feel like it right now this world is falling apart pastor indeed but I prophesy it shall be well with the people of God everything is going to be alright why? Because God is on our side. And if God is for you, there is nobody that can stand against you. If God has brought you through this far, God's not just going to leave you alone now. God's not just going to leave you to dry in the middle of your valley. Everything is going to be alright. Why don't you clap your hands and magnify the Lord. Go ahead. Why don't somebody clap your hands one more time? I just feel Jesus in this house because it really makes a whole lot of sense here today as people of God for us to begin to rise up and understand uh, death and life is in the power of the tongue. Uh, it might not feel like, you might not feel like speaking that word, uh, but the moment you begin to prophesy, the moment you begin to speak, you shall be healed, uh, you shall be delivered, uh, they will be filled with the Holy Ghost. Uh, my kids are coming back, uh, my wife is coming back, uh, my husband is coming back. The moment you begin to Speak the word of God is the moment you begin to see the miracles of God in your life. So there is power here today with every one of you. If you believe that, why don't you say amen? amen. There is power to see 
the miraculous. There is power to see the impossible take place. I have been asking God. I just told y'all that miracle story. I've been asking God, God, I want to see you heal more blind eyes. I want to see it happen. I don't know why. I just want to see a testimony of the power of God that absolutely without a shadow of a doubt, whether it be nerves growing back in somebody's body and eyeballs coming back to life, whatever it may be, I want to see it happen. I'm speaking it into the atmosphere and just it's no coincidence that a couple of weeks ago, God began to cause the nerves to go grow back in a woman's body. You understand what I'm saying here today? If you'll begin to speak it, God will begin to do what you begin to speak and prophesy into the atmosphere. The Bible tells us in 1 Samuel, as David's standing before Goliath, he's looking at this oversized Philistine, and I've talked to you about David and Goliath before, but as he stands there in the middle of this this odd situation. This is David, a man that has never killed another man before and had never seen the bloodshed of another human being before. And so he stands before Goliath, and the Bible tells us Goliath is speaking all this negativity into his life, all of this, this chaos. And the children of Israel, an entire nation, army, an entire army, believe the words of the enemy. How many times do we allow that to happen in our life? Believe the words of the enemy. And so David looks up at Goliath, and Goliath looks down at David indeed, because Goliath was a whole lot bigger and a whole lot scary and a whole lot, you know, probably not as good looking, right? He had six fingers, six toes. I told you all that before. And so Goliath, you know, is looking there, and as he's looking down on David in that moment, you, the Bible tells us that Goliath speaks these words, that, that he curses David before his gods. And so Goliath starts cursing David with his mouth, with his words. And when he speaks against David, he says, I curse you by my gods. Now, Goliath's gods were, was not our god. Goliath's gods was Dagon, an idol made by man's hands, an idol that could not talk back to them, an idol that could not speak back or help them in any way, but an idol that they had made with their own hands. And so when Goliath begins to speak out against David, he curses David. I don't know where he saw it. Maybe one day in his childhood, he watched a priest of Dagon begin to curse the enemy by the name of Dagon. Maybe he saw that somewhere, and that uh, enemy, Goliath, began to mimic what he saw. Now, this lets me know that even the enemy understands the power of the tongue. I was talking to my brother. He's an assistant pastor uh, there in Los Angeles <clears throat> with my dad, and he was telling me just a few months ago there was a couple that goes to their church, and uh, they just want, wanted to, to pray for people there in their apartment complex. And so they got to, to walking around their apartment complex. And as they got to walk and they got to praying and just talking to God and asking God they'd meet somebody. And so it just happened that they met a young lady there in their apartment complex. They befriended her and they invited her over for dinner. And when they invited her over for dinner, she began to open up and she began to tell them, you know, my, my parents are involved in witchcraft and some are witches. My uncles and aunts are warlocks and witches and they, they worship Satan. She's literally telling them this, opening up. 
She said, you know, just this morning I shook the hand of a, a satanic worshiper that I know there in my job. And she said, I've been dealing with depression. I've been dealing with fear. And I've been dealing with anxiety. been dealing with suicide and all these other thoughts and things. And it's been real difficult. I, I don't know how to overcome it. And these two apostolic believers noticed they weren't the pastor. They weren't the minister. They weren't anybody special, if you will. But they were just apostolic believers. And they said, well, we'll pray right now in this living room and God will deliver you of those things. Now that's apostolic. And so they got there and she began to open it up and, and they began to pray. Now this really blew my mind because they, they continued to tell me the story that when they began to pray for her, they started speaking the word of God. And they started speaking, you're going to do great things for God. And they begin to curse that depression and curse the fear. You're going to do great things for God, they would say. Now this girl was there in the room and while they were speaking the name of Jesus over her, she began vomiting and these spirits, these devils came out of her. She was possessed by many demons. And so these devils started coming out. She started vomiting. and They began to speak while she was possessed. Now, this really might not make a whole lot of sense to you, but let me explain. While she was literally possessed and the devils were acting out in her there in that room, they begin to speak and prophesy, you're a great woman of God. You're going to do great things for God. God has anointed you. God has appointed you. God has called you. They begin to speak it into her life while she was in the middle of her situation. Now, to us, we might say, well, I, that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. You know, that's, that's kind of weird. You know, that's not really how it should be, right? We think of someone that should be all put together. They're anointed of God. No, 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 no. God didn't choose them that way. He didn't come for those that was already all right. He came for those that were hurting, those that were in need, those uh, that could not help themselves like you and I here today. So eventually they continued to pray there in that living room and they commanded those devils to come out in the name of Jesus uh, as every apostolic believer should. And when they commanded the devils to come out, she was instantly uh, healed and cleansed. And all of a sudden they laid hands on her. She started speaking with other tongues uh, as the Spirit of God gave her the utterance. She was filled uh, with the gift of the Holy Ghost. Uh, I'm telling you here today, there's no devil in hell that can stop the power of the people of God uh, as long as you understand the power that you have right here in your tongue as long as you understand the power you have in your body as long as you understand I'm telling you there are people in hospitals they don't get up and be healed in the name of Jesus there are people at your job that don't have to be sick anymore because you are an apostolic believer why don't you clap your hands and magnify the Lord The craziest thing about that whole story is when she came to and was delivered, that she looked at them and she said, you know, I was watching as those spirits were taking control of my body and they were coming out and I was being delivered. She said, I couldn't do anything, but I, I looked over and I was watching as you all were speaking into my life and you all were speaking, you're a great woman of God. You're going to do great things for God. She said, I watched as these devils were in the room and they literally reached up and tried to steal the words. She said, I literally watched it all happen. They tried to reach up and steal the words. I watched them as they were trying to reach like that. And, and, and they couldn't, though. They couldn't steal the words. But, but I want you to understand something. The enemy understands the power of the tongue. 
is displayed here in the Word of God, as I just mentioned to you. And so why do you think he tries to get so-and-so to talk about so-and-so and talk about so-and-so on this side of the church and then about how I don't like so-and-so on this side of the church? that all right? Well, you know, in the leadership, you know, it's a little bit like this. And if I was in charge, I'd do it like this. And if I was this person in that position, I'd do it like that. Right? So the enemy tries to get people to rise up uh, to begin to use your own tongue and your own members uh, against the body of Christ. But can you imagine what would happen uh, if we begin to unite together and we begin to speak blessing over my brother, blessing over my sister, blessing over those I don't even know, but I love you anyway. Why? Because God is going to do great things in your life. Uh, Why? Because God God's anointed you. God's appointed you. God has called you. God has directed you. And so those demons thought they could steal the words of the people of God. But just like it happened in 1 Samuel 17 with David standing before Goliath, it doesn't matter how big the enemy is. It doesn't matter what words he tries to steal. As long as you're willing to have faith while you speak the word of God, I'm telling you that absolutely anything is possible in a moment like this. It's moments like this that can can be healed. It's moments like this that the blind will see, that the deaf will hear, that the dead will be raised. If you believe that, why don't you clap your hands and magnify the name of the Lord? Go ahead. Why don't you clap your hands one more time? I feel like there's somebody in this room right now that understands what I'm talking about and says, I want to prophesy contrary to how I feel. I want to prophesy in the middle of my valley that everything is going to be all right uh, and it shall be well. I know my kids aren't serving God. I know they're strung out on drugs. I know their homosexual lifestyle they're living. But I know that everything is going to be all right. Go ahead. Why don't somebody let the enemy know you can't steal my words. You can't take my words. I'm an apostolic believer. No matter how unequipped I feel, no matter how outnumbered I feel, I'm a child of the living God. Go ahead. Don't stop clapping. Why don't you magnify the name of the Lord? I feel like the enemy's trying to tell somebody right now, hey, it won't work. You've tried it before. Why don't you rebuke the voice of the enemy right now in the name of Jesus and begin to speak back. Let him know when I get home, that peace better be in my home. When I get home, depression, you're not allowed. When I get home, fear, you're not allowed. When I get home, suicidal thoughts, you better not be there. Go ahead. Why don't somebody clap your hands unto the Lord? I'm telling you, somebody's going to be healed here today. I'm telling you, somebody's going to be delivered here today. God is literally going to cause those things uh, which were dead to come back to life. Uh, God is going to call light out of darkness, uh, just like he did in the beginning. Do you feel that in this room? You feel that? I'm going to give you a moment to respond just for a moment longer. Why don't you clap your hands unto the Lord? As you clap your hands, you are, you are attaching yourself to the word of God. And as you shout unto God, you are attaching your voice and your faith unto the word of God. As you begin to do that, God will begin to give you words to prophesy. So somebody right now in this room, you say, well, I don't feel like clapping. That's the best time to do it. Well, I don't know what to say. Why don't you lift up your voice and begin to magnify God? 
Watch the words that God will give you in the name of Jesus. All over this place, why don't you go ahead and stand to your feet, every believer here today. Why don't you clap your hands unto the Lord? Because you've got power to say unto the mountain to be thou removed, and it shall be cast into the sea. You've got power to prophesy into the streets of Austin, and it shall be well that they will know who Jesus is. And every addicted person doesn't have to be bound anymore. That every person with cancer doesn't have to be bound anymore. Go ahead one more time. Why don't you clap your hands unto the Lord? I'm telling you the power of Almighty God is here in this room right now. Somebody just wants to let go right now. I really feel that in the Holy Ghost. There are people here today, you have prayed for many years, you have tried many times before many different things, but I want you to know that God is going to bring you out in one single day. I prophesy in the Holy Ghost that God is indeed going to deliver you today. Why? Because that's just what God wants to do. As long as you'll attach yourself to the Word of God, God will do what only God can do in an atmosphere like this. I feel the Holy Ghost. I want you to remain standing. I'm, I'm, I'm done. You feel that in this room? Somebody just shout the name of Jesus. When Jesus would come through their villages, you remain standing. Some would, would nudge and push and pull and tear just to get to the hem of his garment. Some would tear down the roof and say, I got to get to his feet. Others would try, say, hey, the blind man Bartimaeus, go ahead and get me to the right side of the highway. When I hear the commotion and the people clapping and the people trying to get to where he's at, I'll know that Jesus is ready to heal my body too. I'll know that Jesus, and notice blind Bartimaeus didn't stay silent, but he began to cry out. Out, uh, with his voice uh, and he said thou son of David have mercy on me I wish somebody today would understand what I'm talking about uh, in this place uh, if you'll begin to speak life uh, God will begin to follow if you'll begin to speak life uh, God will in the name of Jesus heal your body deliver your mind set you free this is what we're going to do all over this building I, I feel the Holy Ghost and I feel like there's some men of God, some women of God here today that need to speak into your home. I really do. You need to speak life into your home. You are a man of God, husband. You are a man of God. Father, you are a man of God, the priest of your home. And all together, what we're going to do is one body of believers, we're going to try to fit up here in this altar in a moment. And I want you, when you come, great man of God, I want you just to... to Go ahead and lift up your hands here in a moment. You're going to speak the word of God. And I want you to prophesy peace over your home. I want you to begin to speak life over your home. That peace will reside, that joy. Your kids might not be feeling joy. Well, guess what? You have the key. You have the key here today to begin to speak life, to begin to speak the joy of the Lord, to begin to praise the name of the Lord and watch what God will do. All over this room. 
What I want us to do just to get, there's all kind of needs represented, those that need to be filled with the Holy Ghost, others that want to be healed. What I want us to do all over this place, I'm going to say two things. Why don't you go ahead and close your eyes for a moment. Everyone that needs a healing in your body, you want Jesus to heal your body. I want you to lift up your hand real high. You need a healing in your body. Lift up your hand real high if you want Jesus to heal your body. There's a great deal of people here today. I want you to come on down to this altar as a testimony of your faith. As you walk up here as a testimony of your faith, I believe that God can heal you here today. And I want you to kind of gather in. There's a great deal of people. I'm going to go ahead and gather in. There's other people here today. You've got different needs, different things going on in your home. Would you, along with your family, along with who's ever around you, your friends, would you go ahead and grab your neighbor where it's appropriate and bring them on down to the front? We're going to pray as one family together. Would you do that? Every, every person all over this place, I want you to bring them now and gather in behind these people that are seeking a healing in their body. I want you to grab, grab your friend, your neighbor, your family member. You might feel outnumbered as David was. You might feel unequipped as David was. You might not be even fit for the battle, to be quite honest. You might think, well, I'm in over my head. I don't, I don't know how I'm going to do it. You know, the Bible said God will never give you anything you cannot handle, but we understand that you may not be able to handle all of it. That's why he steps in when you rely on him, and he begins to do what you can. And so right now as you gather in all over this place, it's one of the most difficult things to speak different than what you feel and different than what you see. But that's what David said, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will, in other words, upon my will, I will fear no evil. Not because everything's all right, not because of how I feel, not because it's dark around me, not because it's good around me, but I will, I have willed it, that I am going to fear no evil. And when he spoke that into existence, that means, hey, doesn't matter the valley I go through, God's with me. And fear will not be present with me. You can stand on the outside. You can, you can stand on the outside of my house all you want, down the street, fear, but you can't enter into my home. I wish some man of God, some woman of God, would begin to understand that kind of faith, that kind of authority. Let me tell you this, and we're going to lift up our hands, and I'm going to speak a word of faith. When I speak a word of faith, what I want us to do is we're going to shout the name of Jesus. Because when you speak the name of Jesus, you are speaking the saving name. So all over this room, I'm going to speak a word of faith here. We're going to count to three, and we're going to shout the name of Jesus. And after that, when you feel what you feel to prophesy in the Holy Ghost, I want you to speak it. Don't think twice about it. Just speak it. God's going to give you words to speak right now. I was in California, and a friend pulled me in from a service I was about to walk into. And he pulled his phone out, and he said, my mom and dad pastor a church in Indiana. There's a lady that passed away literally there in the altar call. She died, dropped dead. He said she's got no heartbeat anymore, no pulse, no nothing, no breath in her body. She's gone. And he said, but I believe that if we'll pray over the phone, that God can do anything death and life, 
power of the tongue. He said, if we'll speak it, God will do it. I believe it. And I said, all right, go ahead and bring the phone over. And so he put the phone in between us and church was going on inside. We're sitting outside in the, in the lobby area and we begin to pray in the Holy Ghost like we know how to pray as people of God. And so as we begin to pray, I remember asking God, what do you want me to say? And I felt these words come, you'll live and not die. You'll live and not die. You'll live and not die. That don't make any sense to a woman that's already passed away. But the reality is God's not operating on how you feel in your time and what's going on around you. And when the Lord gave me the words to say, I begin to speak, and my friend begin to speak, and we laid hands over the phone. You'll live and not die. You will live and not die every time. More faith, every time with greater belief. And as that happened, they told us later, said when you guys were speaking, there she was in the ambulance. They put the phone on her body, and they told us later that when you all were speaking, a breath came back into her body, a heartbeat, and a pulse came back, and she instantly came back to life. I'm telling you, that's been over five years ago and she is still alive today the power of God is real the power of God is here the power of God is going to heal your body why do you lift up your hands all over this room right now go ahead why do you lift up your hands all over this room I want you to go ahead and speak into the atmosphere. Would you do that right now? Would you begin to speak in the Holy Ghost all over this room right now? Would you lift up your voice in the name of Jesus? Now here's the difference. Go ahead as you're speaking. You've prayed like that before. As you're praying, that's all right. Go ahead, continue. You've prayed like that before. You've sought God like that before. I want you to take a different approach today. I want you to begin to lift up your voice. Would you do that right now? Would you do that all over this place? Uh, there was a difference when Paul and Silas were in prison. Uh, they weren't silent about where they were, but they begin to sing and they begin to shout uh, and they begin to open their mouth uh, while they were outside the walls of Jericho. They were commanded to shout on that seventh day. Why don't somebody lift up your voice right now, right now? You say, well, I don't pray loud. Well, now's the best time to do that. Well, I don't normally pray loud. Right now's the best time to shout unto God with the voice of triumph. That's what the Bible tells us. Why don't somebody lift up your voice all over this place? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's it. That's it right now. I'm feeling the Holy Ghost cancers are literally going to leave your body in the name of by the authority that is in the Word of God and by the power that's in the name of Jesus Christ. I command cancer to go. I command arthritis to leave. I command peace to enter your home. Joy in the name of Jesus. Depression to go. Fear to go in the name of Jesus Christ. Everybody, let's shout Jesus. One, two, three. Jesus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. That's it. Something's happening right now. Something's happening.